it's weird, like going back and thinking about, you know, when you're 18 and just how everything seems so like, you know, the world's at your fingertips and you're just so ready to, you know, jump out of that nest and your parents are trying to be there for you, but they also don't really know how, like it's, it's such a complicated time and everything seems like it's such a big deal. You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we talk about your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Men Staff with your hosts, Jamie Zerlingo and Nina Granger. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nina. And I'm really excited to announce that we recently ordered some Yeti mics to record from home. Hopefully, this sounds a little bit better than it has in the past, but uh, we needed a solution because we are going to continue to record from home for a while. So, um, So we got some new mics, and hopefully we get a little bit of our studio quality, but um, Either way, let's let's get into today's episode. So today, we are talking about um, a movie that has to do with uh, mother-daughter relationships because tomorrow is Mother's Day. Um, so we thought it'd be fun to do a movie about, not necessarily just about moms, but just kind of about that relationship that um, women, specifically teenage girls, have with their moms. And um, that relationship is depicted in the 2017 film, Ladybirds. So if you're unfamiliar with this movie, it is currently available on Amazon Prime. Uh, again, was released in 2017, was written and directed by Greta Gerwig. So I remember when I first heard of her, she actually was an actress first. Uh, Nina, did you ever see No Strings Attached with um, Natalie Portman? Yes, I did. She's, she's in that. I didn't know that, though. I kept thinking that her name was so familiar to me, and I couldn't figure out why, but I didn't actually end up searching her. She was... Let me just Google her. I'm pretty sure that was her. She was also in this horror movie called um, House of the Devil that I saw. It came out in, like, in like 2009, I think. She gets killed off very quickly, spoiler alert, but um, she is in that. Um, but yeah, this was her directional uh, debut, and she wrote this movie as well. Um, yep, she is in No Strings Attached. That's a good one. Um, and uh, this film actually received a lot of critical acclaim, um, particularly the Academy Awards that year, the 90th Academy Awards. It earned five nominations, Best Picture, Best Actress for um, Saoirse Ronan, um, Best Supporting Actress for Laurie Metcalf, Metcalf um, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Director. Um, it also won two uh, Golden Globes, for best most best motion picture for musical or comedy and best actress for Saoirse Ronan, and um, it was also nominated for two others and was nominated for three British Academy Film Awards. So again, okay. This movie- Sorry, I was just going to say that I just realized that her name was familiar to me because she also directed the new Little Women. She sure did, and a lot of people in that movie are also in this one. Oh, yeah, I didn't make that, that connection at all. Yeah, so um, the lead, Sarsha Ronan, who plays Christine Ladybird, um, was also in Little Women, um, and she was also in um, Atonement and the Lovely Bones. Um, she is, I think she's just adorable, and she does a great job in this movie. Um, Lori Metcalf um, is Marion, who is Christine's mom. She, um, when I was looking her up, like I obviously knew her from stuff, because she's been in a ton of movies, television, namely um, Roseanne. Um, she was also in a lot of theater productions. I think she was nominated for three Tony Awards. Um, and get this, she plays Andy's mom in Toy Story. No. Yeah. Who knew? Who huh? would have known? Who would have known? She's great. A um, couple other characters we have, Tracy Letts as Larry, who is Christine's dad. Um, he also, um, did some theater. He was also in Little Women and, um, Ford versus Ferrari, The Post and Homeland. So 
he's got quite a repertoire. Um, Lucas Hedges as Danny O'Neill, who is Lady Bird's first boyfriend in like the first half of the film. Um, he, he's been in a lot of Wes Anderson films, Moonrise Kingdom, Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, he was also in Manchester by the Sea, Mid-90s, and Honey Boy. Um, Timothy Cham- Chalamet as Kyle, who is Lady Bird's second boyfriend. He's in a ton of new stuff. Um, Call Me By Your Name, Beautiful Boy, and Little Women again. Um, and uh, Beanie Feldstein as Julie, who is Christine's best friend. She was in Booksmart, um, which I've talked about a bunch, but um, I've never actually seen, but I've heard wonderful things. She was also in Neighbors 2. And um, she's also Jonah Hill's sister. That's bizarre. Yes. Um, if you like, obviously they don't have the same last name. He must go by like a stage name. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. Um, and also I found this really interesting. She is set to play Monica Lewinsky in the upcoming American crime story. Oh, I've been looking forward to that. Did you watch season one and two? I only saw the first season. Um, OG Simpson. The, OG oh, the second one is really good. It is about, um, Oh no. What's his name? The designer that died in Miami. Oh, uh, wait, is it Giovanni Versace? Yes, it is. It is. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and the guy from Glee plays him. Yes, Darren Chris. Uh, yeah, it's it was a really, really good season. I was super looking forward to season three, but it has been a few years. Yeah, and I heard um about um about that particular season that Darren Chris, which I of course love Darren Chris from Glee. He also did um in his like college theater, they wrote a lot of musicals based on Harry Potter and just a bunch of really silly stuff. That's kind of where he got his like start. Uh love him, and I heard he did fantastic in that um i think he actually won an emmy for it yeah i think so too he was it was a really really good um i just didn't really know anything about gianni versace's murder really all the details into it so um darren chris plays the serial killer that ends up killing him before getting arrested so he's a really good show i'll have to watch that one next um actually it was on my list i've been wanting to watch it i'm actually currently watching um, something else with Darren Chris, but I'll talk about that in our little um, break. Um, final character, um, Odea Rush as Jenna. She's a popular girl at Lady Bird School. She was also in Dumpling. Did you ever see that movie? No, that was on my list because isn't that with um, Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston? Aniston. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's so good. She plays um, Dumplin's best friend. She was really sweet in that movie. She's not very sweet in this movie. Um. But yeah, so let's get into the plot of Lady Bird. Um, so uh, Christine, Lady Bird McPherson, is a high school senior at a Catholic school. It's 2002. And by the way, as somebody who grew up in the early 2000s as um, a like tween, preteen, so accurate. The clothing, and the style, the music, everything. It was such a throwback. Loved it. Exactly what I was going to say. It was a throwback. <laughs> Um, and so yeah, it's 2002. She's looking to leave Sacramento, where she's from, to a school in the Northeast, um, a city with culture. Um, and the movie begins with her and her mother. They're returning from a college visit. They're actually listening to *The Grapes of Wrath* on an audiobook, um, assuming it's a very long trip. And um, they immediately start bickering and fighting, um, like like moms and daughters do. And um, this whole movie, I'll just say this right off the bat, really threw me back to when I was. Um, in high school and how much I also fought and bickered with my mom. Like it really reminded me of that relationship with my mom and just kind of, you know, the tensions you have as a teenager and, you know, being on the cusp of adulthood, it's all so real and so relatable, even if you're not a teenager anymore. I think that a lot of people go through that time period where you're, you're so close to being on your own as an adult, like a young adult, and you just have those awkward moments with your with your parents where you're like wait don't you like to treat me like a child and you just don't agree about certain things and there's certain things about your parents that maybe start to annoy you the older that you get and the more that you realize them so um it was super relatable I think to anybody that has a close relationship with their mom Absolutely. And so it, it begins, they're fighting in the car and Lady Bird actually like rolls out of the car while it's moving and she breaks her arm. Dramatic. So that's kind of kind of like a small little plot point where she's wearing this like pink cast in her Catholic schoolgirl uniform. And um, so uh, 
it's the beginning of her senior year and um she's really close with like one of the teachers one of the one of the sisters and she's telling her you know getting ready for applying to colleges and her grades aren't that great so she kind of needs more activities so she um, encourages her to audition for the school musical so uh ladybird and julie her best friend they um audition for the the musical and um it's um merrily oh my gosh what is it merrily we ride along i think um and julie actually gets the lead ladybird just gets the chorus she becomes smitten with a boy named danny who gets the lead male role and they actually begin to date um and she even goes to his grandmother's house for thanksgiving um which her mom is really upset about you know it's her last thanksgiving before she goes off to college and there's this great scene where she's helping her find a dress at like a thrift store um the family they don't really have a lot of money um her dad actually loses his job very early in the film um and i think marion she works as like a nurse on like a like a psychiatric floor i think uh, i thought that was funny when i was watching this film that it was so relatable to our audience specifically about like just nurses and psych nurses and what kind of relationship that probably builds between a mother and a daughter when the mom is working 12-hour shifts like obviously a lot of our listeners on this podcast probably have that same kind of dynamic with their with their children for sure. I love that scene though, where they're, where they're looking for a dress at a thrift shop and, um, they're like fighting. And then in the middle, she's like, Oh, look at this. Oh, that'd be so perfect. Like they immediately forget that they're fighting and it's just so funny. And she finds this really cute dress actually. Um, and goes to Thanksgiving, gets to meet, um, Danny's family. And he actually has like seven siblings, um, you know, very kind of a typical Catholic family. So it's the opening night of the show. And, um, the cast kind of goes out for the night and um, Julie and Lady Bird actually catch Danny in the bathroom kissing another boy and immediately uh, breaks off the relationship with him. And there's a really sweet scene where they're listening to Dave Matthews band and just crying together, you know, just Julie's being a really good friend, you know, being there for, for Lady Bird. And <laughs> there's a couple of scenes like for their like other shows where like she won't even look at him and she's really mad and, you know, Danny's really upset um, but, um, shortly after that, um, well, meanwhile, during all of this, um, Ladybird's dad, Larry is kind of like under the table, helping her apply to these East coast schools and applying for financial aid, um, which her mother doesn't know about. And she does not want her to go to one of those schools cause they can't afford it. Um, but he's helping her out kind of like under the table and she gets, waitlisted at, um, they don't ever say where, but just some school in New York. Um, so that's all going on. And then once we get to the spring semester, um, Lady Bird, she gets a job at a coffee shop where she meets Kyle, um, Timothy Chalamet, who's like a cool guy who, um, goes to like another private school and she starts ditching Julie to hang out with Kyle and his friends. She does an audition for the next musical or play. Um, and kind of like a little side story, the original, the director of the first musical, um, ends up actually getting like psychiatric help from um marion at um her hospital and they never really go any farther with that but he stops like he doesn't direct the next play they actually have like the school's like like football coach do it um which i kind of thought was you know unnecessary i don't want to say unnecessary but it doesn't really go anywhere so that's all happening too and they never really come back to it um but anyway, so Lady Bird starts kind of ditching Julie to hang out with Kyle and Jenna, the popular girl. They vandalize one of the nuns' cars, and um, Lady Bird's actually pretending that this beautiful house that Danny's grandmother lives in is her house to kind of seem more affluent because Jenna seems to have a lot of money, and so she wants to seem cool, and like she also has money, like her family's loaded. And there's even a scene where... Um, Jenna is walking up to the house like, hey, I'm outside your house. And Lady Bird obviously freaks out. And then Jenna finds out the truth. She's like, I'm sorry, are we still friends? And Jenna's just like, yeah, I guess, you know, as long as you're Kyle's girlfriend, I'll see you around, which is like such a typical thing for, you know, like girls who aren't actually friends to say. So she's just kind of like, okay. Also, uh, Danny shows up at Lady Bird's work one day and he kind of like breaks down in front of her because she's obviously still mad about what happened. But you know, he kind of comes out to her and explains how he's afraid to come out to his family and don't tell anybody. And she, you know, hugs him and promises she won't tell. So that's kind of nice that kind of, you know, they make up a little bit. Um, she's still having issues with Julie. Um, 
Meanwhile with Kyle, so they start dating and um, she tells him that she's never had sex before. And he's like, oh, me neither. And so she loses her virginity to him. And this is so screwed up. He's like, oh, I wasn't, I was lying. Like I've, I've had sex with, I don't know, like maybe six other people. And she's obviously upset. It's so funny because she's like, it's fucked up for the first time for a girl to be on top. And she's just like so mad. And <laughs> But then she's like, are we still going to prom together? He's like, yeah, I guess. And like, he is such a like typical douchebag high school boy. Like he thinks he's so cool. He's like, oh, like I don't have a cell phone or like, or I don't know. He just tries to act like he's so much better than everybody. And he's so cool. And like, just like, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm not describing him well, but he just seems like the typical trying to be cool, edgy guy. And obviously- I like good like depiction of their maturity levels at that age you know like she thinks that she's an adult and she's going to college and she can like she should have sex with this with her boyfriend and then you know she's so upset afterward and he's acting like it's no big deal and well they're still gonna go to prom together like the bottom line is that they're still gonna go to prom like it is just so like so So descriptive yes so descriptive of like teenagers right before they're going to college like what's important to them and I just thought it was kind of a it was a relatable scene I think just to think like you know you want to do something super adulty and super cool but really you're just like excited about prom and like it's a weird transitional period in in your life going from high school to college and what makes you a high school like a high school age person versus an, a real adult. Yeah. It's, it, that was like 10 years ago for me. And it just, it, it feels like it's weird, like going back and thinking about, you know, when you're 18 and just how everything seems so like, you know, the world's at your fingertips and you're just so ready to, you know, jump out of that nest and your parents are trying to be there for you, but they also don't really know how, like it's, it's such a complicated time and everything seems like it's such a big deal, but you know, then you're still thinking about all the high school stuff. And so there's also a scene where she's buying like a prom dress with her mom. And again, they're, you know, having the same kind of bickering issues. And Lady Bird says to her mom, she's like, I just wish that, you know, you said, you know, just something nice about the dress or whatever. And, um, Kyle and his friends end up picking her up to go to prom and, um, they decide that they don't want to go. They're like, Oh, we're going to go to this house party instead. And she's like, well, I actually really wanted to go to prom. And then this is where it kind of comes full circle. I guess the song, um, the Dave Matthews song that she was listening to with Julie earlier in the film comes on the radio and he's like, Oh, I hate this song. And she's like, I actually really like this song. Can you drop me off at my friend Julie's house? And she meets up with her there and they make up and they decide to go to prom together and they have a wonderful time just, you know, as friends. And, um, they talk about, you know, her, you know, losing her virginity to Kyle and, um, you know, it's such a cute, like, you know, teenage girl moment, like, Oh, what was it like? And, um, it's just so funny. And then, um, Julie is, I think just going to like community college and, um, at the time Lady Bird's thinking she's going to Davis, which is about 30 minutes away from home. And so, um, but Julie's going to be gone all summer because, um, she's spending time with her real dad. And so they're not really going to get much time left together before they go off to college. Um, and then they go to high school graduation and, um, they're celebrating the family is out celebrating, you know, at dinner somewhere and, uh, they run into Danny and he mentions Lady Bird's wait list to the college she really wants to go to. And obviously her mom didn't know, and she is very upset and she doesn't talk to her for the rest of the summer. They just fight the whole time. And um, it's actually kind of sad. Um, finally, it comes to the point where, you know, she's able to go to the school. They're able to like refinance the house. They can afford to go and they have financial aid and they drive her to the airport and her mom like refuses to get out of the car. Like she won't say goodbye to her and she's all mad. And this scene makes me so sad. She's like driving away and then she kind of has a change of heart and she's like, no, I have to go back. I have to say goodbye. And she pulls back up to the airport, but she's already gone through security. So she missed her. And, um, then it shows Lady Bird showing up in New York in her dorm room. She's unpacking and she finds this envelope in her, um, in her suitcase with all of these notes that her mom tried to write to her, um, but could never finish. And I actually paused the screen and read some of them. And she's, 
just trying to be so honest and open with her and how she always had this relationship with her dad and they just kind of always bumped heads. But, um, her dad even said before she left for college that they both have really strong personalities and, um, just, she never knows how to help her or take care of her, which I think, you know, any mother and daughter can relate to at some point, you know, the mom just doesn't know how to help her, her teenage daughter. And, you know, just, they don't understand each other at that point. Um, but then Ladybird's in school and she's at a party and she decides to go by Christine and um, she gets really drunk and she ends up having alcohol poisoning and gets um, taken to the hospital and she um, is released from the hospital. And she, um, I thought this part was really cool. She goes to like a church service um, and I'm assuming a church on campus and she's really moved by it. And I feel like it's also kind of like a familiarity because she went to a Catholic school and so she, you know, a church all the time, all these services. So it was kind of like a familiar thing. And she ends up calling her mom and leaving a voicemail. And she talks about how, um, you know, it was, you know, the first time I got to drive around Sacramento and just all these familiar places. And I just want to thank you for everything you've ever done for me. And um, that's kind of how the film ends. So um, in my opinion, I didn't like the way the movie ended. It kind of like, I don't know, it felt kind of incomplete to me. Um, what did you think? liked it actually because I felt like like you said about familiarity like I think that they both they just had such a, a strange like not a strange dynamic really a pretty common dynamic but um you know Lady Bird is trying to go off on her own and be this adult and and she doesn't she gets there and she realizes she doesn't really know how and she's on her own um and I think that trying to find those those bits of familiarity was kind of her trying to find the basis of what her new life was going to look like. And she obviously wanted to include her mom in that, even though she wasn't going to be in the same city as her mom. She's all the way across the United States. So I thought it was a sweet ending that it kind of came back around to her realizing like that, even though her relationship with her mom was strained, that she still needed her, her and her life and her guidance and appreciated everything that she had done for her. That's a really good point when you put it that way. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was very familiar to me, especially, um, I didn't go to college outside of my city. I went to Creighton university, which is in Omaha, Nebraska. So I didn't really go very far from home. And frankly, I didn't really have much of a desire to, um, sometimes I wonder, you know, if I had, you know, my mom always said like, I always imagine you going somewhere else, but you know, would she have been happy if I had, I don't know, but, um, just, yeah, just those, those, those bickering moments felt so familiar and especially, yeah, I mean, you know, when you first go off to college, you think I got this, I'm an adult, I can do all these things by myself. And then when you're there and you're really alone, you're like, and I, again, I was even in the same city that I grew up in. I still felt alone. Like you still feel like you're in a completely different world and you're still going to need your parents. You're always going to need your parents. And she kind of like realizes that, you know, like, you know, her mom's always going to be there for her and she's always going to love her. Um, and, you know, you kind of realize once you've kind of been thrown out on your own, what your parents really did for you. And especially once you become a parent, you realize how much you sacrifice for your kids. And I can't even imagine like, you know, some of the things you remember saying to your parents when you're younger, you know, cause you don't understand. Like, I remember, you know, wanting a nicer house when I was a kid. I'm like, why can't we just sell our house? I hate our house. Like I want a big, nice house, you know? And um, you don't really think about those things as a kid. And then when you get older and then especially when you become a parent, you realize like how much they really do for you and how much they care for you. And the, that relationship in this movie, especially not just between her and her mom, but between her and her dad, um, is very just real and doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel fake. It just feels truly genuine to those relationships. I agree. And I went to college only 45 minutes away from Omaha. I went to the University of Nebraska Lincoln. Um, and I remember when my mom, when my parents dropped me off every year that my parents would help me move back and forth between Omaha and Lincoln. When we would go back for the, for the fall semester, my mom would always cry dropping me off. I'm like, mom, I'm literally 45 minutes away. It's so embarrassing. But <laughs> I think it was just like, I don't, I don't think it was more of her like being sad that I was gone. I think it was more of her being, you know, like, I don't know what the word I want to say is here, but I think she was just sad that I was growing up and that I was becoming an adult and that time goes by so quickly. And, 
And now when I look back at college, I'm like, gosh, those four years went by so fast too. Um, and when we talk about what we do when we get into the, into the adult world for the first time and we realize all the things that our parents do for us and help us out with. And, and, you know, we always say, Oh, like when you're 18 and you're in college, you're like, I'm ready to be an adult. I'm ready to be on my own. But you know, like the second I got to college, I was like, Hey mom, how do I do my laundry? Like what, how do I wash these things separately? I remember my mom sent me, she typed up a whole email of like how to wash the whites, how to wash the colors, like how to, like what you need to do and send it to me. I still have it because I'm like, someday I'm going to, I'm going to want that. Um, (laughs) Maybe someday I'll just forward it to my kids. But um, I think it's just a good example of how, how much we, how attached we are to our parents. We don't even realize it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, even just me like dropping Theo off at daycare for the first time, I was like, oh my God. And you know, like when he goes to kindergarten or middle school or high school, like as a parent, just you know, your ultimate goal is for your kid to be independent and to be their own person. And then when they actually finally do that, you're like, wait, no, you can't, (laughs) you have to, you have to stay little forever. Um, but you know, being, um, 28 now, um, you know, 10 years after high school, being a parent of my own, um, I especially learned, you know, like you really need your parents for stuff like that. Like you, there is no way to prepare you to become a parent. Like you could read every book out there. You could have all the advice in the world, but you don't really know until it happens to you. And I, you know, ask my mom questions all the time. Cause I'm like, is this normal? What do I do? Like, especially, you know, in those early days and, you know, that's, in, that's never going to stop even, you know, when, you know, I'm old and my kids are going off to school, you know, I'll be like, how, how did you deal with it? You know, like you're always going to, you're always going to need your parents, but that, that high school relationship, especially with moms and daughters is so hard. I feel like Mm -hmm. everyone goes through that with their mom where they like almost like hate them for a little bit. And I don't know why, like, why, why do we like hate our moms when we're teenagers? I don't know, but it definitely gets, I feel like very hostile. And I think that me in particular, when I think back of the arguments that I had with my mom versus what I heard with other people, I, I didn't really think that my relationship with my mom was that bad when I was in high school. Um, I mostly just kept myself super busy. So I don't know. We, I guess I, I don't really know. I guess maybe I was too busy to even really like chat with her all that much. But like, I still think that you're just at such like a delicate time of like trying to figure out who you are and and trying to figure out how to separate yourself from your parents and into the person that you're becoming. And, and so you start to realize like the little, the little like boundaries that they have set for you. You're kind of like, no, I don't need this anymore. And they're like, well, yeah, you do. Cause you know, we all thought that we were so much more adulty as late teenagers than we really were. Um, I think everybody experiences that, but I thought this story was a special way to also highlight the different relationships between like children and like their father and their mother separately and highlighting how she had such a tender relationship with her father, but then she had this kind of passive aggressive relationship with her mother. But really both of those relationships were so important to her and, and the way that she developed into the person that she was. And she realized that she, even though she didn't get along with her mom as well as she probably would have liked and their communication was kind of off, that she still needed her and she still had that you know, natural attachment to her mom. Um, and I think that, you know, those of us that have your, your standard relationship with your mom that you grew up with, um, that mother daughter mother son relationship is like literally like natural. And it's an instinct that like, you're always going to have that connection that your mom gave birth to you and you lived inside of her and, And it's always just going to be something special that kind of is even unexplainable, the relationship that you just naturally have with them. Dude, you're going to make me cry over here. (laughs) It's true. It's very true. Um, We're going to talk more about this movie, The Making Of. I have some fun facts and um, also just more about those relationships. But first, let's talk about what else we're watching. Can't wait to hear about what else you're watching because I literally just restarted Shit's Creek because I, <sighs> I am like in a yeah, and I'm like in a. I mean, things just 
it's kind of suck right now, you know, and we, we talk about this a lot too, that everything with COVID, um, everything with social distancing, everything that's going on in our country in particular, even it's just like, it just sucks. And Mm-hmm. Shit's Creek really is just a feel-good show for me. So I was like, you know what? I need to revert back to my my like feel-good show. Um, normally, it would be Friends, but Friends not, is not on any streaming services right now, which is very irritating to me. So I just kind of restarted it the other day, and, and it feels good. <laughs> what are you watching? I've actually been watching a lot of new stuff. So um, I uh, I think I had said in last week's episode, I finished Never Have I Ever, loved it. Um, I also watched all of Upload. I don't know if I've talked about it before. I, I probably have. It's the same creator of The Office and Parks and Rec. It is about a world when you die, you can actually upload your consciousness to a digital afterlife. Ooh, I and- love that concept. That was on... Um- What's that show on Netflix that has all the individual episodes about like future technology? Oh, a black mirror. Yes. Yes. There was an episode like that. That was like, you could upload your consciousness to like an alternate reality and just live in like this fantasy world for the rest of your consciousness. Not because you're not alive. I just love that. I love that idea. So, I mean, it 100% reminded me of Black Mirror because it's supposed to be like 2033 is when it's supposed to take place. And it just felt like, it felt like Black Mirror, but funny. It had kind of like a Black comedy, like humorous nature to it as in addition to like, you know, kind of the super uh, sci-fi, you know, dramatic elements to it as well. It is a very quick watch. The first episode is 45 minutes. The rest of them are about 30 minutes, 10 episodes. It, I wish it were longer um, because again, I got through it very, very quickly. I'm hoping there's more seasons, but it was definitely different. Um, a little weird, a little out there. Um, but from what I understand, it's something that Greg Daniels has been working on for a long time, something he's always wanted to do. Um, very different from the office and parks and rec. It is very, not the same at all. Um, but Creed's actually in an episode. So that was kind of cool. Um, but I haven't done anything since the office. I don't know, but you know what? He's actually like neighbors with, um, Angela Kinsey and, um, he was also in a band back in the, uh, like sixties and seventies. I can totally see that. Oh yeah. He, um, he has a very, very small part in the show, but, um, I liked it and it's on Amazon prime. So, um, give that one a watch you guys. Um, really interesting concept. Um, also I started watching Hollywood, which is on Netflix. It is, um, made by the same people who made American horror story and glee. Um, I don't know how I feel about it so far. I feel like the main issue with like American horror story and towards the end glee was it got way too convoluted in different stories and it was very complicated and hard to follow. And I feel like that show is already going this route, but, um, it's, it's interesting. It's about like Hollywood right after world war two. Um, so it has some like characters that are supposed to be, you know, based on real people and some that are just completely made up. Um, I'm on episode three show is wild. It's pretty much like if you're familiar with either of those shows, um, Glee and American Horror Story with Glee, they always tried to, you know, jump on, you know, hot topics of the time. Um, and with this show, they're kind of like rewriting history in a better way, I guess. And then the problem with American Horror Story is he, you know, loves, he loves his sex scenes and that there's tons of that <laughs> in this show. Um, and because it's Netflix, they're able to swear as much as they want and show as much nudity as nudity as they want. So the show does not hold back. Um, it's interesting. Um, don't know how I feel about it yet, but I'm also not done with it. So that's what else I'm watching right now. So, um, any other shows you've been watching Nina? Not really. I also watched, um, what's it called? Never have I ever. I also watched never have I ever. Um, I thought that was a really good show. I'd love to talk about it sometime. Um, but otherwise, yeah, no, not really a whole lot. I've been watching some movies, just kind of old stuff. I just needed some familiarity in this crazy time. <laughs> so For sure. It I feels have- good. I actually watched um, a couple of weeks ago. I watched Get Smart with um, Steve Carell and mm. Anne Hathaway. Good movie. That was a I good one. Saw it obviously a long time ago, but um, 
still held up. I thought it was still really funny and charming. I also watched this horrible horror movie called Tamara, which has, I cannot think of the actress's name, but she was married to Channing Tatum. Um, and she was in like step up and she's a dancer. Um, I cannot think of her name. Um, but it's a horrible, horrible horror movie, but it was great for nostalgia. Cause I remember watching it in high school. And so I watched that the other day for fun. It's on Hulu. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, by the time this episode airs, um, dead to me season two will be out on Netflix. So I'm really excited about so that. Excited for that. So pumped. I plan on binging it this weekend because, Aside from Mother's Day, there's really not a whole lot going on. And it's also like in Omaha, it was really hot for a while. And now it's like actual spring weather again. It's like raining and kind of chilly out. So not really going to be able to do much outside. Not that we were able to do much outside anyway. But um, that's kind of my plan for the weekend is to binge watch that show. Maybe we'll talk about it depending on how good it is. I really liked season one. So I'm very anxious for season two. Oh, I know. I'm ready. Get it, get ready for it because it will by this time it's already out. So maybe you guys have already watched a couple of episodes. But anyway, that is what else we're watching. Okay, welcome back to our review of Lady Bird. So um, I have some fun information on the making of. So like I said, Greta Gerwig wrote and directed this film. She spent years writing this movie. It was originally 350 pages long, and it was originally called Mothers and Daughters. Um, and although the film has been described as semi-autobiographical, Gerwig has said that nothing in the movie literally happened in my life, but it has a core of truth that resonates with what I know. So I, I could kind of feel that watching it that, you know, it felt very personal and true to her, um, especially I'm, I'm assuming she graduated high school in like 2003. Um, so, you know, she, um, well, speaking of, to prepare the cast and crew, she gave them her old high school yearbooks, photos and journals, as well as passages written by um, Joan Didion and took them on a tour of her hometown. Um, she yeah. wanted it to feel like a memory, which you can totally see that it just feels like you know, it's from the inside of her mind of that time. When you say that it was originally 350 pages, what is like a normal length of a script? Oh God, I don't even know. <laughs> um, like a book. Yeah. I think from what I've heard, like I listened to the office ladies podcast, they say like, I think it's like a page of script is a is like a minute so like a 350 page script, I would assume is 350 minutes. Okay. I just would be like it. hours. Yeah. It says average feature screenplay is between 95 and 125 pages long. And they are usually not any longer than 114 pages. So that would have been a long movie. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. I wonder what all she cut out. Oh yeah, for sure. And this movie was, oh gosh, what is its runtime? Yeah, this movie is an hour and a half, so imagine it like three times as long. <laughs> that sounds like too too much movie for me. It was such a tense movie throughout like the entire thing. I really think that if it were any longer, it would have just given me anxiety. And it just would have, I feel like it would have dragged. It would have, like, I think so too. Like how much can you talk about a teenager's senior year of high school? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so another fun fact is um, Greta actually wanted to shoot the movie in Super 16 film, but due to budget constraints, um, she, she it was ultimately shot on the Ari Alexa Mini. In post-production, the filmmakers emphasized digital noise to create the effect of a copy of a photograph to kind of give it that like, you know, older look, which I think is really cool, from, like filmmaking perspective. Um, it grossed $49 million in the United States and Canada and $29.7 million in other territories for a worldwide total of $78.6 million. And it had a budget of $10 million, so it definitely made some money. Um, it premiered at the Telluride Film Festival on September 1st, 2017, was released in the United States on November 3rd of 2017 by A24, which is actually one of my favorite um, like production companies, they have, um, or sorry, entertainment company. They have um, released tons of movies that I love. They kind of have like an indie feel to them, which I really like. Um, it was chosen by the National Board of Review um, and Time Magazine as one of the 10 best films of the year. 
So that's pretty cool. Um, it received a standing ovation at its um, international premiere at the Toronto Film Festival and was um, praised for Ronan and Metcalf's performances and Ger Gerwig's direction. On Rotten Tomatoes, it currently has an approval rating of 99% um, based on 340, 384 reviews. The critical consensus reads... Lady Bird delivers fresh insights about the turmoil of adolescence and reveals debuting writer-director Greta Gerwig as a fully formed filmmaking talent. Um, I remember there was a kind of a huge stink that this film didn't actually win any awards. And um, then Greta went on to make the Little Women remake, which also received tons of critical acclaim. And she was not nominated for Best Director. And I remember there was a huge stink about that last year. Do you remember that? Yeah, and I don't understand how that's even possible. I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that she's just a young director. I think she's 35. There was, you know, a lot of speculation that she was not nominated because she was a woman. And it is true that very, very few female directors have ever been nominated for an Academy Award. If you actually look at the list of directors who were nominated that year, it was a pretty stacked year. I mean, you had Quentin Tarantino, um, Bong Joon-ho, um, and fuck, who else was nominated? Whoever directed Joker. <laughs> um, there were a ton of big names um, and a lot of big films that came out that year. I still think that she deserved to have a bone thrown her way because, I mean, it was nominated for Best Picture. It was nominated for Best um, Adapted, or I think it was Adapted Screenplay, Best Actress, um, but not Best Director. I just always thought that was kind of weird that you got all the other, you know, nods just not directly that's really weird though i don't really remember there being a whole lot of um advertisement about this movie i remember hearing a lot about it when it was nominated but i didn't had not i didn't remember seeing like previews or anything for it so maybe just not enough people had seen it do you mean ladybird or little women ladybird i was talking about little women oh okay so um i don't know So she actually was nominated for Best Director for this film, but she was not for Little Women. And that's where the oh, okay. whole big stink was. But um, but no, she she was she was given a nod for this movie. I don't remember what won that year. Um, but obviously it wasn't this movie. It unfortunately did not get any Academy Awards, but at least it, you know, it got a Golden Globe. I mean, that's something. That's pretty cool for your first movie to win the Golden Globe for Best Film. I think that's pretty spectacular. I'm really interested to see, you know, I think she does a great job, especially with um, female driven stories. She obviously has some muses. She loves Timothy Chalamet and uh, Sorsha Ronan <laughs> quite a bit. Um, so I'm excited to see what else she does. Um, and hopefully maybe one day she does get, you know, that best director uh, Academy Award. But Did you um, say that it was nominated for best picture that year? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was, that was the year that Moonlight won. Oh my God. That was the year that they said that La La Land won and it didn't. Oh, oh no. Did you watch that live? I think we talked about this. I did not watch episode. it live. I watched the like after I watched it after. That is one of like my favorite moments in television of all time of live television. And I mean, that includes, you know, the, the Super Bowl nip slip and oh my gosh. I don't know other things that have happened live, but this oh. was so, that stuff is cringeworthy to me. I just like can't watch it. Ugh. It was ridiculous. It was so crazy when that happened. Like everyone on stage comes up for La La Land, and some people were like, you know, behind him whispering things. And then I don't remember one of the producers or something was like, "We didn't actually win." Was what? it they handed them the wrong card? Yeah. So they actually picked up the best actress card, and it was um, oh gosh, who was it? It was whoever played Bonnie and Clyde. Horrifying. And they were given the wrong card and they were like, uh, and I think it was, was it Faye Dunaway? Um, the card? Yeah. She was the one who ended up reading it and she was, you know, just said La La Land. So somebody. Oh my God, mortifying. <laughs> somebody Not got fired. When, um. Steve Harvey said the wrong name at the Miss America. Oh or was it God. Miss Universe or Miss or it was, was it the Miss Universe, I think. How God, I just awful. Just freaking die. I could not. That picture of her like getting the crown taken off of her is horrible. It's oh my god. 
I can't believe he didn't get like blacklisted for or like I can't believe he still has a TV show after that happened. I have no idea. Obviously, everyone makes mistakes, but oh my god, how fucking embarrassing! Mistakes like that, it's like how like especially never live it down. Like people will never forget that, and especially the Academy Awards, like. It had been almost a hundred years of doing it that had never happened, and all of a sudden it did. Like, come on, somebody, oh somebody fudged up for real. But um, but anyway, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, just to kind of wrap things up, um, tomorrow is Mother's Day, and um, you know, during a pandemic, it's it it, it makes me sad. I'm actually planning on driving by both my mother and my mother-in-law's house with cookies and bringing my son so that he can say hi. Um, and a card. Um, but it's definitely a weird time to have your first mother's day from my perspective, but a uh, funny story about me. So my husband is really bad at gift giving. He's just, this is not a strong suit and that's fine. Um, but he went to get me this really nice, like mother's day necklace. It's in the, it's a heart and there's like a mom and a baby in the middle of it. It's really cute. But when he got like the shipping notification, it said that it was like, love you, Nana on it. And I was like, how did you make this mistake? And he was like, I don't know. That's not what I ordered. I'm sorry. And then when it arrived, it actually was the right gift. But wouldn't that have been so funny? <laughs> First Mother's Day and I get a Nana necklace. Love you, Nana. And I didn't even know. Like I was like, okay, if that's actually what I had gotten, I don't even know who I could give that to because neither my mom or his mom go by Nana. So I was like, <laughs> I don't even know. Like you I guess return it, but super funny but um we always give our my my mom and my godmother um and my husband's mom we always give them flowers like um hanging baskets can't go wrong with flowers Mm -hmm. just can't um but you know this movie really made me want to like call my mom 100% I'm so sorry for being such a shitty teenager um but, and you know, there's tons of mother-daughter movies out there, just like movies about moms. Um, if anything else, if you don't watch this movie for Mother's Day, just give your mom a call, especially if you're like on assignment and you're away from your parents and you're away from your family or you're in quarantine and you can't go visit your your family. My mom actually has um, a lot of pre-existing conditions. Um, she is very immunocompromised. So um, it makes me sad that I can't like physically be with her on Mother's Day. But like I said, we are still going to, you know, do a little drive by and say hi. Um, you know, do what you got to do during these times, mm-hmm. right? I think it's so important that just to stop, like, just take a step back and and recognize that you know we we aren't going to have our moms forever, and True. so which is is a horrifying thought for me. Um, I love my mom so much. She lives only like ten minutes away from us, but I haven't seen her because my dad is very immunocompromised, so I haven't seen her since before all this started. Um, and just thinking about Mother's Day coming up, I don't know. I've just been, I've kind of been in my feelings about just thinking that, you know, life is super crazy right now and it can be so easy to take advantage of the time that we have with everybody. And obviously we never know how much time we do have. And so um, just reach out to your mom, reach out to your mom this Mother's Day. On that note, um, let's get into our uh, final review of Ladybird, I think for me, I think I'm going to give this one a four out of five. I think it's super relatable. It's a great movie. It's um, super just realistic and just feels like real conversations, real people. Um, and again, it's just a great depiction of just that coming of age and that time right before college and your relationship with your parents and with your peers. I thought it was just super realistic and love the way it was shot and directed. Um, my only reason for not giving it a five is just because, again, I just felt like the ending was kind of, I just wish there were more. Like I, to me, it felt like it just ended a little too quickly. I wish there was some sort of rec- reconciliation between Christine and her mom, um, but maybe it wasn't supposed to be that way. So, but that, you know, not a perfect film, but still really good film. Definitely deserved all the acclaim it got. So four out of five for me. I would also say four out of five. Um, All the reasons that you said were spot on. Um, I loved seeing the different dynamics that she had with her dad versus her mom. Um, It was obviously so relatable. A story about personal growth and separating yourself from your family um, in that in that crazy kind of time of life where you're trying to figure out who you are and, and setting new boundaries with your, with your parents and, and trying to 
kind of navigate the feelings that revolve around that. The only thing that I didn't particularly like about the film, and this is just my personal preference about these kinds of films, is that it felt more... I, I really like a, a movie that has like a very specific plot, you know, like a traditional kind of movie. This felt almost like a documentary. Like it felt like, like we've talked about before, it kind of felt feels like invasive because you're up close and personal in this, you know, in this character's life and what, what she's going through and um, the issues that she's got in her very close personal relationships and and it really just felt almost like a documentary in a way that we were following along in Lady Bird's life and um there wasn't super clear like here's a problem here's the like the plot of the movie here's what's gonna happen you know like um it really just felt more like watching a moment in time and a, viewing a moment in somebody's life that could have been anybody um and it was so relatable to to most, I think most people's experience as a teenager. Um, so I did like that. It was definitely relatable. It's just not necessarily my favorite kind of film is all. That was well said. I agree. Well, guys, that is Lady Bird. Um, like I said, you can find that on Amazon Prime if you have a subscription. Um, in the meantime, Hey, happy Mother's Day, you guys. If you are a mom yourself, hopefully uh, you have a good day. Um, and if you have a mom, give her a call. Just give your mom a call. Talk to her. Tell her you love her. And um, if you have kids of your own, maybe FaceTime with your mom and your kids if you can't see her in person. Um, or send her a card or whatever you need to do to um, to show that appreciation for, for your mom. Um, but until next time, you guys, keep on streaming. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming.